This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Bored of too many ads and dull, meaningless chat? We've got neither. Joy Drive, smart, fun radio. Theatre, film, TV and more. Susie Rung reviews it all on Joy Drive. <coughs> Good afternoon, Susie Rung. Hi, Warren. I think it's an understatement to say that queer people sometimes find it hard to find community. This applies to today's story about Truman Capote, but also to your cruise adventure <laughs> last week. So we want to know, did you find your tribe on the love boat? Uh, no, I didn't. I, uh, I didn't, Susie. They were not your people? <laughs> I was there and uh, I had such a busy working week here and uh, privately and I got on the ship and I was exhausted and I thought, you know what, I'm not going to turn this into a party weekend, I'm going to turn it into a relaxing weekend. So I was like doing yoga classes, I was doing foam rolling classes, I was doing meditation classes and let me tell you, when you're trying to do a meditation class on a boat, the boat was beautiful and all you can hear is boom, 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 boom from the floor above from all (laughs) the the parties it's quite challenging but i did master it by the end of the week but yeah it was good it was um yeah i I mean it does cater for all different types of people i'll admit um but it is more a party uh weekend um and i'll tell you something everyone was like oh why are we going to bernie and i thought no you know what i'm going to be open-minded get off the ship explore the town of bernie and i got off and i spoke to so many local people and you know what i learned susie that they are so proud of their town. They really are. And uh, there's a lot of stuff, uh, that, like manufacturing buses, all sorts of stuff goes on there. So quite interesting. So would you say that you need to be a certain kind of queer person to enjoy that cruise? Uh, uh, probably, I would say so, yeah. I think, I think anyone can enjoy it. I think if you're going to do the uh, quieter side like I chose to do. It's probably better if you go with a group of people because, um, you know, if, if people are really partying, of course, you know, they're going to think, oh, he's boring, he's not going to come with us and then vice versa. So I, found, I think if you've got some people there who are of a similar um, attitude to you at that time, uh, you'll, you'll have fun on it. But look, I enjoyed it. I watched uh, movies. I got to see um, Barbie for the first time because I... <laughs> hadn't seen it. Everyone was raving about it. Um, I saw Oppenheimer, which I've been wanting to see for ages, but I didn't want to go to the cinema because it's three hours and I'd need to go to the toilet. So (laughs) that was great. And the food was amazing. The restaurants were amazing. Um, The boat, uh, the Virgin Boat, is is absolutely brilliant. Um, And of course, the gays party, like you've never seen people party in your life. (laughs) It was good. Everyone was having fun. Well, well, I'm, I'm sure you had some fun. Maybe it wasn't perfect for you, but it sounds like you you, you, you enjoyed a lot of it. Yeah, I did. And, uh, you know, it was a good opportunity. I've ticked the box. I've been on one of these Atlantis cruises. And, uh, yeah, there you go. I'll be flying to Europe next time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Now we're going to fly back in time. It was the mid-60s. So Truman Capote was probably right in saying that he's the most important American writer alive. Having published the huge hit novels Breakfast at Tiffany's and In Cold Blood, it is no wonder that his head had gotten so big. A bona fide celebrity, Truman runs around town hobnobbing with the creme de la creme of New York City, mixing with high society as though he was born into that life. But as we see in the new series, Feud, Capote versus the Swans, now streaming on Binge. He was an outsider allowed into the inner sanctum, but only for a short time. In Feud, we see Truman completely captivated by the wealthy women of uptown Manhattan, prying himself into their personal lives, discovering all their darker secrets, and then turning on them, using their stories and exposing their scandals in his writing when he becomes desperate for material. Truman Capote was an early gay icon, one of the few personalities in public life who was open about their queerness. Feud examines the relationship between powerful women and gay men, a dynamic we are familiar with, but not one that is widely understood. There is an interesting parallel in, in being shut out by the big boys club that draws the two together, but ultimately there are significant differences between gays and their divas, and we see the inevitable fissures happening in feud. There are, as of today, three episodes available to watch. I found the first two to be very compelling, thrilled to be watching glamorous women playing glamorous women. It is a star-studded affair with an impressive list of incredible white women movie stars involved, including Naomi Watts, Demi Moore, Molly Ringwald, Jessica Lange, just to name a few. The third episode takes an abrupt turn in style, suddenly becoming a faux documentary, which I wasn't very convinced by. Truman is played by Tom Hollander, who does a fine job, but probably not as magnificent as Philip Seymour Hoffman or Toby Jones, who had played the same character in movies in the not-so-distant past. Warren, I love watching rich people being miserable, so this series <laughs> is definitely appealing for me. How do you feel about Feud? And you know what I really liked? Uh, watching rich people have, you know, I suppose, similar issues in their relationships that uh, we all have, really. It just doesn't matter how much money you have, you still have the same sorts of issues. I quite enjoyed it. I didn't get to watch all three episodes because I was stuck on the boat on uh, the weekend. <laughs> and they didn't have it there, but I was hoping I would. But uh, I did watch uh, some yesterday and today, and I liked it. I think um, he's a really good storyteller, like a great storyteller. And I think that's part of the attraction, isn't it, of uh, when you get all these... Um, glamorous women hanging around but Susie it reminded me um, of a good friend of mine that uh, I in my 20s was really good friends with and he was very out there very camp very um, uh, yeah, extroverted and he uh, got I suppose isolated in some ways from uh, both straight and gay men and uh, he uh, was always the, dinner, the life at the dinner party, you know, could tell the stories, could uh, cap captivate a whole audience. And uh, I, I've never come across someone quite like it, but uh, Truman was sort of similar in that respect. And one day uh, this friend who shall remain nameless sort of came up to me and we were having a bit of a deep and meaningful conversation. And he said, you know what? He goes, I just want someone to love me. I just want someone to, I don't want people to be with me because I can tell stories because I'm the life of the party and, you know, I'm camp and I'm out there. He goes, I want someone to love me, but I feel like no one does. It was so sad, Susie. It was so sad. 
Yeah, and in this show, we see, you know, even though Truman Capote had achieved a lot of success and fame, there was mm. just a sense that he just never found anywhere that he belonged, that people mm. were... Uh, you know, people considered him amusing and they would invite him mm. to parties because he was a bit of a clown. And then on an intimate level, people were using him simply because he had access. So in, in that way, I thought it was a good study about a certain kind of queer life, especially from the past. But I'm thinking even today, you know, like, where do we where do we get our community from? And those of us who have it should count ourselves very lucky because this show reminds me of a time when, you know, when I felt like, oh, it, if the doors had opened in a slightly different way, I probably would have no one. Mm. You're right. It's It's a very sort of fragile, it's like uh, sliding doors, isn't it, in some ways? That's right. That's right, because you can see how these rich people uh, welcomed him only, you know, like mm. really conditionally, very, very conditionally. He was there to entertain. He was there to, to talk about uh, gossip and, and you know, he, he was there to serve something. He was not a friend. And But mm. also, we saw that the people of that class kind of didn't know how to have friends as well. I love the flamboyance of it, you know, mm. stylistically, you know, it was very flamboyant as well as the character being very flamboyant, but there was so much darkness. I found the juxtaposition of the two to be really <laughs> delicious. It's just really my cup of tea. Just be really, really dark and then be really, really camp at the same time. I found it really enjoyable. I, I agree with you. Um, I like uh, the way, I mean, he's got a similar value to me and that he's uh, betrayal, particularly like I'm the most loyal friend to all my friends, the most loyal person, but I hate being betrayed. And <laughs> I wouldn't go so far as write a book about someone and reveal their whole personal life just to get back at them. But, uh, you know, I did think, yeah, fair enough. You know, you don't want to be betrayed by your friends, do you? And look out if you do betray a gay man. Yeah, it's Ronald. an awkward thing. <laughs> you don't want to cross me. <laughs> There's this strange thing where we are trying to figure out, and the show does kind of have some assumptions about his motivations, mm. about his, you know, why he's drawn into that world that clearly is not his world. He was born very, very, very far from that that sort of universe, but why he was drawn into that that sort of that sort of space and 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 the the kind of price that he was willing to pay for it and then um i guess on one level it looks because it's in new york city it feels so distant but then we, we think about our own lives as well like the the glamorous things the shiny objects um the colorful people that we are drawn to and we want to be loved by them we want to be accepted by them and then really uh sometimes it's just a futile exercise isn't it Let's talk about, uh, I mean, there's a, you know, they do talk about affairs in the uh, show quite a bit. And uh, I do like <laughs> the way one woman, uh, I suppose, you know, she gets her revenge on uh, the wife. And I kind of feel for the wife as well. But it's interesting how the uh, rich view the affairs as though it's just a, a you know, part of life. And uh, Truman's uh, attitude towards is just rise above it <laughs> and accept it. For the way it is. What do you think, Susie? Well, I think in that sort of world, you can very clearly see that people stay together for a lot more reasons mm. than love, right? Like, I think when you don't have lots to your name, we don't have a lot of money or property and all that, you run out of love, it's very easy to part ways. 
easier to part ways. But when you have so much at stake, mm. when people are cheating on each other, when people fall out of love with each other, you can't just break up because there's so much. Like these women in the 50s and 60s structured their whole lives based on being, you know, a rich man's wife. Like they don't kind of don't really have things of their own, you know, all they have, and they have so much, you know, it, it's by association. So it's very hard for them to kind of just simply walk away. I guess they could, but they, 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 they you, you can feel like, oh, aside from love and respect from the husband, they, they just want to be the Mrs. So-and-so, and that was such a big part of their lives. It's interesting. Um, I uh, was, uh, this is a bit of a personal story. I was seeing someone, uh, for a couple of years and um, then I found out I thought he was single then I found out he was actually married um, a couple of years down the track and I always uh, felt really guilty uh, after that because I thought oh goodness I'm one of those people that's having an affair with someone all of a sudden this thing turned from being I suppose a dating in a relationship to having an affair and I felt absolutely guilty and then you know things turned sour between myself and and you know the the husband and uh got quite nasty in the end but it was like two years down the track and i'd already fallen for this person so i don't know i'm a bit funny when it comes to to affairs and and how they're dealt with and uh you know it's interesting how the rich just gloss over it and rise above it but i think they're a little bit more murky than that well, these in this day and age, monogamy, you know, you can't as assume that anymore. I think when you start dating, you must always kind of make very clear whether you are looking for monogamy, you're expecting monogamy or expecting to develop your relationship into a monogamous one. And you must also have a lot of clarification about their status. You know, are they seeing people? Are they seeing people seriously, casually? And, and you know, what kind of strings are attached? I think there's so many rules being changed at the moment and and we, we don't really know i think it's healthy to to be able to have these discussions you know traditionally you kind of don't have these discussions but not you kind of respectively <laughs> yeah front, preferably yeah yeah back in the day like oh are you single yes or no and then that that says everything but this these days you kind of have to make sure like uh if they're not single what does that mean and if they're seeing you uh, where where do you, where do you expect and where does the other person expect things to go you know these these conversations are so important but i think i'm a, i think it's one of a a healthy transformation to how we do relationships. I think this assumption that everybody wants to do monogamy is very old-fashioned and mm. I don't think very helpful, ultimately. And, uh, I mean, often the uh, the person who is, you know, uh, who is on the receiving end of the affair is uh, blamed and demonised for, you know, coming in and ruining the relationship as such. But, uh, you know, often uh, the responsibility is also on the person who initiates it too, isn't it? Yeah, well, you're single and that person's married. So clearly you didn't make any vow to anybody. It's the other person that's, that's you know, I'm assuming made some vows and then broke them. So really, you know, it's more the fault of that, that person who had made a commitment and, and, and broken it. Because if you're a single person, you're really a single person. Mm, exactly. Now, uh, one message has just come in saying uh, a lot of community don't have a place or space that is fit for them. As a queer woman of 51 who didn't 
come out until 33. I never had a group of friends and relationships have been very hard to come by. I don't fit the binary of butch or femme and the sporty or the party hard types and other subgroups. I suspect my identity is a better fit for millennial lens on gender born too soon, it seems. Uh, That is our best. Love, uh, um, I see my next Tuesday folks conversation. Happy Valentine's. Oh, Susie, happy new year too. Happy Lunar New Year. Oh, happy new year. May you have uh, great health in the year of the dragon and an incredible, unimaginable prosperity for you this coming year. And no more affairs where we find out afterwards they're already attached. (laughs) Just happy affairs. Just happy relationships. You know, they have no drama. Well, unless you like them. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We are talking about food, which uh, you can get on Binge. Uh, Susie, what is uh, next week? topic of conversation. The Mardi Gras Film Festival begins this weekend. One of the most high-profile queer films of the moment is All of Us Strangers, which is screening in the festival, but also at cinemas everywhere if you don't happen to live in Sydney. So I look forward to talking about All of Us Strangers when I see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Thanks, Susie. Joy Drive on Joy 94.9 FM in Melbourne, Joy on your digital radio, iHeartRadio, TuneIn.com or the Joy app, no matter where you are. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.